These are mysterious and sometimes frightening texts we read in the season of Advent. Let us pray. God, with your word before us, we pray that your spirit would surround us. Teach us of your love, O God, and your intentions for us in this season when Christ is coming. Bless us with wisdom, and may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts, may they be acceptable in your sight. For you, O Lord, are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. One of my favorite spots for a day or two of sermon planning is Yellow Springs, Ohio. I'm sure many of you have been there. It fits all of my basic requirements for study. There's, it only takes about an hour to get there. There's a reliable hotel and a good spot for dinner. And the main street is full of coffee shops that stay up late, stay open late. Uh, and there's a nature preserve right across the street, just big enough for a quiet walk. Yellow Springs is a quirky little town, and one of its quirks is Antioch College. Once a typical liberal arts college, the school fell on hard times and closed up back in 2008. Three years later, in 2011, the school reopened in a unique way. The curriculum is largely work co-op driven, with lots of time spent off campus. They intentionally serve a very small student body, and keeping with the school's history, they seek to be environmentally sustainable in everything they do. When you walk on campus today, there is still activity in a few of the old campus buildings, but most of the larger ones are vacant. Walking by the buildings, you look in the windows to see empty lab tables and stacked chairs. Outside, there are racks with a few bikes left, and the lawns and walks are not manicured like most colleges. Instead, some areas are being returned to natural ecosystems of this region. All of this fits with the emphasis on sustainability, but if you didn't know that, the place just looks downright strange. The buildings remind me a little bit of an Old West ghost town, or pictures I've seen of abandoned military sites in Russia. I think about scenes from movies or books about the end of the world. Walking through campus, I always expect to find a car with the door left open, or a half-eaten bowl of cereal, or a, a record album still turning on a turntable, all the people having been snatched away. Honestly, it's a little creepy. This is the kind of scene I am always afraid a congregation imagines when they hear some of the Bible readings that come up in Advent, like the one we read today. There will be signs in the sun, the moon, and the stars. People will faint from fear and foreboding of what is coming upon the world. 
Now when these things begin to take place, stand up and raise your heads because your redemption is drawing near. But be alert at all times, praying that you may have the strength to escape all these things that will take place and to stand before the Son of Man. These texts are strange and frightening, really. My guess is that most Presbyterians are not sure what to make of them and that most of you who come here often suffer through them every December wondering why we don't just get to reading about Mary and Joseph and singing Joy to the World. But these texts are part of our Bible and they are part of the story of Christmas just as much as the manger and the star in the east. And there is a very good reason for that. The spiritual fabric woven through these stories is about God's use of quiet. These verses are about endings that lead to beginnings. They're about the relationship between death and new life. The signs in the heavens, the lesson of the fig tree, the idea that at this time redemption is at hand. These are images that are meant to get us to think about an important balance in the world. Things need to die in order for life to begin. So I dislike the thought that people read these texts and imagine ruins of war, abandoned cars, vacated campus buildings. These are all signs of endings, but there is no beginning. There is death, but no new life. So going back to Yellow Springs... The metaphor for today's reading may be hard to see in the old campus buildings of Antioch College, but they are much easier to see. The metaphor is much more clear in the college's nature preserve. I was there this past week on Tuesday, the day of our first snowfall. In Yellow Springs, all the leaves have fallen and the trees are bare. Snow covered the paths in the woods, and the wind was cold. But of course, nature is not dead. In winter, nature is resting. During the winter months, underground, the roots of trees get stronger, preparing for another season of life and growth. Animals hibernate to renew their strength. Buds prepare to form. Bulbs planted in fall will bloom in the spring. I stepped across the street and into the woods, and all of these signs of life were around me. I've been there in the summer when everything is green and lush and full of life. But this week it was quiet because God's creation is at rest. And the quiet woods had a beauty of their own. I was reminded that I too am a part of God's creation. And that I need that kind of rest. I wonder what parts of your life may be in need of rest and renewal. 
I know many of you struggle, as I do, with our culture's pursuit of speed and growth and progress. We are too tethered to our cell phones. We need to be too many places at the same time. There's too much breaking news, too many appointments, assignments, documents, deadlines. To manage all of this, we need faster computers, dinner prepared in less than 30 minutes or ordered even faster. These things are part of a fast track to something we call success. Not all of us are stuck in this. There are elders among us and many some, and perhaps some others sitting in these pews who wonder why the rest of us are moving so fast, why we're living lives a mile wide and an inch deep. But none of us are completely immune to this fast-paced life I'm describing. Some of us have to buy into this culture of speed just to stay connected with children or grandchildren. All of this hurrying only gets worse in December. And Advent, Advent is a time for us to hit the reset button, or to use a much better metaphor, time for us to unplug. Advent is a time of quiet and slowness and waiting. Waiting in expectation of something that is promised. Listen to the words from today's Old Testament lesson in the book of Jeremiah. The days are surely coming, says the Lord. When I will fulfill the promise I made to the house of Israel and the house of Judah. In those days and at that time I will cause a righteous branch to spring up for David. And in the New Testament lesson, Jesus tells a parable. Look at the fig tree and all the trees. As soon as they sprout leaves, then you can see for yourselves and know that summer is near. Over and over and over, these texts in Advent use nature to tell us that God is about to do something amazing at Christmas. But first, things are quiet. And all of these texts keep saying, get ready. Advent is a time to ask ourselves if we are ready for the coming of Jesus Christ. If Mary and Joseph showed up at the doorstep of your home, if they showed up at the door of this church, how would they know that we are God's people? Advent is for getting ready. And the trouble is, most of us move so fast through the weeks leading up to Christmas that we're in danger of missing the whole thing. We'll miss signs of new life if we don't take the time to slow down, to listen, to look. In Yellow Springs, God often surprises me. Often because during my study days, I am moving more slowly. In the nature preserve, 
there are a number of smaller old college buildings, places where ecology classes once took place. Tuesday, I walked through the woods, and I came upon one of those buildings, the Glen Helen Raptor Center, an old sanctuary for birds of prey. It was almost dusk, and the building was dark. I assumed it had been like that all day long, and maybe for much, much longer than that. Around the perimeter of the building, in a wooded clearing, were a series of a dozen or so large cages, each about the size of a bedroom. Curious about what once had been there, I walked through the open gate to take a closer look. Snow was falling, and it was perfectly quiet as I made my way past the wall of the first cage and looked around inside where my eyes were met by the eyes of an owl. A barred owl, a foot or so high and no more than eight feet away from my face, seated on a perch at the sight of me, It shrugged its shoulders and turned its head a little bit. I was blown away. The bird sanctuary was still fully active. Every cage was occupied by an amazing animal being nursed back to health. I walked slowly around the old building. Looking in each cage, I saw other owls of several varieties, hawks and vultures, a pair of fully grown bald eagles, and a peregrine falcon, the fastest animal on earth, at rest, healing. Every one of them was as close as I had ever been to such majestic creatures. They were all resting comfortably, recovering. Each cage had a small sign with the name of the bird, its origin and its injury, and the story of how the raptor center was caring for the birds, helping them to recover. Many of them travel throughout the region as part of education programs to help school children learn about the natural world. Here there was life in a place I had not expected it at all. Here there was life because across the street at Antioch College, some small group of people cared enough to take care of it. And thankfully, God slowed me down enough to take a look. I got lucky that day to see that. I think I was there because of a word I am supposed to pass on to you. Advent is here. Jesus is coming and we are supposed to be ready. We will miss his coming altogether if we do not slow down. We will miss God's promises of new life if we do not take time to rest. We will miss our chance at knowing God better if we do not quiet ourselves. Read these stories and listen for God.